Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I hope all of you are having a great start to your Thursday. This is indeed the Believe in the Hub of Champions podcast with your host, Shukri Wrights, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thank you for making this podcast part of your routine as here we are. It is June 1st as we record this podcast, and <laughs> I can't help but to think that summer really is here. We know that summer unofficially began over Memorial Day weekend, but now that we are in the month of June, the skies is blue, the sun is strong, the weather is gorgeous on the day of this recording. What more can you possibly ask for? Hell, the beautiful the weather is so beautiful that I'm actually sitting here recording this podcast naked. I'll just leave that for imagination if you so care to know, but I'm doing this podcast naked, and I am actually loving every second of it that I've been doing this recording so far. That's now a minute into the podcast. But we are still in a place right now where I think Boston is still trying to pick up the pieces from the Celtics season that just ended, and many of us are just now getting into the swing of baseball season, myself included. So much so that I found myself, you know, playing catch up, if you will, playing catch up as to what the Red Sox have been doing, what um, what has been some of the storylines this season with this 2023 Red Sox team. So I will talk about the Red Sox during this podcast today because it is time to turn the page on the Boston Celtics. You know, they, they were the team that stole the headlines, especially on my radio show in Boston, 91.5 WMFO. And I want to specifically talk about one thing that has really got me thinking. As you know, I have been a big proponent of baseball mileposts. One would ask, Shukri, what do you mean by baseball mileposts? I'm glad. Let me explain it to you. Baseball mileposts, meaning that that you have reached a certain significant marker of the regular season. There's three of them in baseball. There is Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day, the holiday itself. That's the first one. What's the second one? Second one is the 4th of July. Where is your team? Where's your team in the standings? Where are they in the division? Where are they in the wild card race? That's number two. And the third one, lastly, is Labor Day. That's the most important one. Why is that the most important one? The reason why I say that it's the most important one is because by that point, you're obviously in the month of September. September baseball is where things get really heated. The pennant race is cooking. And Players are basically playing a game with a level of urgency that you normally just won't see come May or even June. Because, you know, every game in the month of September is absolutely important. That's why. So with that being said, we just crossed the first milepost of the 2023 baseball season. And that is the um, Memorial Day weekend. And the Boston Red Sox find themselves being very painfully inconsistent. 
And frankly, their play on the field hasn't really inspired a whole lot of belief that this team is good enough and that they can win right now. And that's the thing. The Red Sox will tell you, and Red Sox pundits will tell you, that, well, this is a team that can win right now. But here's the problem. That this is a team that has some injuries. I will give them that. That that even with the injury, that they can still make a playoff push. But consistency has been lacking for a better part of the season so far. And it's a major problem now. In this series against the Cincinnati Reds, the lowly Cincinnati Reds at that, the Red Sox have done themselves absolutely no favors. They lost on Wednesday night 5-4. And Alex Cora, manager of the Boston Red Sox, said it after the game, and he's right. He said, quote, it's been an up and down. We have to come here Thursday and find a way to win. Find a way to win. It wasn't a great game today. He's right. They got to find a way to win on Thursday. I'm not calling Thursday's game an absolute must win. That That's going way too far. I'm not at that point yet. It's the beginning of June. But now there needs to be a greater sense of urgency because right around the corner, in about a month and a half's time, you have the All-Star break. And you got to start asking yourself some important questions if you're the Boston Red Sox. The question is, where is the consistency with this team? And I do think that is an important question to ask because if you are going to get consistency from any important part of this team, and it's got to start with the starting rotation. Now, this is no knock on James Paxton. It's not. James Paxton, he wasn't bad. He wasn't great. He was solid. He gave you five innings. He allowed four hits. He allowed one run. He he gave you eight strikeouts. But here's the thing. It took him 100 pitches to get through the five innings. And I will give Paxton this credit. Like, the command was there. It was there in comparison to Brian Bale. Brian Bale on, on a Tuesday was rather erratic and it looked like watching him trying to get through four innings pitching wise was an absolute chore James Paxton on the other hand last night on Wednesday night he looked a lot more sharper competent if you will and his his stuff was very much of a power pitcher and I will tell you this in which that If there is one thing that I will say is that the Reds, their hitters are really pesky. They won't quit. They don't give up. In which the Reds hitters last night, they fouled off 23 pitchers off of Paxton. But here's the kicker. Even though James Paxton didn't allow a run in the first inning, the Reds ended up getting 24 pitches out of Paxton in the first. And why is that important? Let me tell you why. The reason why that's important is because 
The more pitches you see, especially early on, advantage hitter. The hitter has more of the advantage. The hitter has the ability to be able to decipher as to what pitch is coming, when is it coming in the count, being able to get deeper in the count, you see more at the pitcher, you get a better understanding for his, his tendencies. And that's exactly what the Reds did last night. And as a result, Alex Cora had to go to the bullpen early. And what did that do? So after the Red Sox had carried a 3-1 lead into the sixth inning behind Masataka Yoshida and Emmanuel Valdez, and then also the, the RBI double by Rafael Devers, it just seemed as if the bullpen just did not do its job. You go back to that sixth inning specifically, where Cutter Crawford came into the game, and he wasn't sharp at all. You remember the Reds had two walks as a result of that. But you got to give credit to Crawford because the next two batters after, there were consecutive flyouts. But then Nick Sinzel came up and he had a he had a runner in score position, and he drove him in with a with an RBI single and that ended Crawford's night. So at this point, the bullpen was already showing signs of trouble. Here's how. So Josh Winchkowski, he struck out Jose Barrero to end the threat. But in the seventh inning, however, the Red Sox defense didn't do Winchkowski any sort of favors at all. Rafael Devers, his errant throw was skipped by Justin Turner at first base. And then the Reds, they had consecutive um, singles, which loaded the bases in a ground-out double play that, that tied up the game at 3-3. And then Spencer Steer basically put the nail in the coffin with the two-run homer, and that gave the Reds a 5-3 lead. And here's the thing that I thought that was the most telling after the game. And which that Alice Cora basically gave you the answer as to why the Red Sox have, have not been consistent much in 2023, despite the overall message that this team can, can be competitive. He said that the team itself has not been a good defensive team. That is a fact. Defensively, the Red Sox have not been good in 2023. And it didn't help matters at all that Rafael's Devers error was another reminder of that fatal flaw that the Red Sox have. In which that Cora said after the game, quote, it's tough. It's a routine play that we have to make. I always say if you give the opposition more than 27 outs, most of the time they're going to score. They're going to make you pay. And this is on the heels of the Red Sox Finishing with a 500 record in the month of May with 13-13. They're at 28-27. and 27. Here we are on June 1st. And the reason why I will say that I am concerned but I'm not alarmed is because the number one thing that you cannot do in baseball is allow the opposition more than 27 ounces. 
the Red Tanks have been kings of allowing the opposition more than 27 outs. And when you do that, and Alice Cora is absolutely right. He played the game. He's a manager. He knows this. But anyone who loves the game and watches baseball or the consistent basis will tell you, when you allow the opposition more than 27 outs, at some point it's going to come back and burn you. At some point it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. And it did last night. But this is where the Red Sox stand currently. As I mentioned, they're 28 and 27. Here we are on June 1st. The Blue Jays, they are a half game ahead. They had a terrible month of May. They went 11 and 17. So the Red Sox, despite not having um, the best of months, they were 500, they're still there. They're going to try to avoid the sweep on Thursday by the hands of the Cincinnati Reds. And that in itself is, is just, wow. If there was a series that the Red Sox, in fact, could take and could have taken, it was this series. And you know what's interesting, though? Speaking of defense, the defense of the Red Sox has left much more to be desired for. And it's just the truth. So much so that Kiki Hernandez, I will tell you that he has left me with an impression that he has had a very underwhelming performance in 2023 so far, both in the field and as well as at the plate. Hernandez got 11 errors at shortstop this season. Yikes. Absolutely yikes. When the Red Sox decided that they were going to re-sign Kiki Hernandez last September, what was one of his trademarks? Kike Hernandez, that is. His ability to, to be versatile. He could play center field. He could play shortstop. He could play second base and so forth. So when Xander Borgars left as a free agent, and we knew that Trevor Story going back to January was going to miss a significant chunk of, of the season, that meant Kike Hernandez was going to be seeing a lot more time at short. And then... He moved to center field when Andrew Duval was injured. And he moved back to second when Jaron Duran um, all came into the lineup, as well as uh, Yu Chang. But he moved back to, to show when, when Chang uh, broke his hammock bone. Despite the fact that Kike Hernandez has been all over the field, I don't think it would have had an adverse effect on his defense. And I add that point because... It is so important to talk about the other factors as well, not making an excuse for Hernandez, the fact that he has not been good defensively at short for the Red Sox. But you got you to gotta talk about the, whole, the big picture, and that is if you are going to talk about the defensive deficiencies for the Boston Red Sox in 2023 as one of the major issues that the Red Sox have, you got to look at the man at short. You need a lot more from Kike Hernandez at shortstop, both defensively and offensively. Because what he's giving you up to this point, not good enough. Even when Adam Duvall returned um, to the lineup, you still need Kike Hernandez to get going. And this is something that I think that 
as we get closer to the trade deadline, and if the Red Sox are still in contention by that point, ask yourself this question. Do the Red Sox make a move for a shortstop? That's going to be a rental. Is it crazy? Eh. But considering the health of Trevor Story, I mean, who knows when he'll be back? But it is something to think about. I don't think it's a, it's a crazy question. I don't think it's a crazy thought that I even have. So with all that being said, the Red Sox have got to clean it up defensively and they've got to figure it out how they can improve defensively as a club and as well as, like, you know, get, get the bullpen sorted out in front of Kenny Jansen because that's the other thing too. Kenny Jansen has been solid by a large part this season. But the bridge getting to Kenny Jansen has not been all that stable. Which is part of the reason why I do think that they have to figure some things out. And I'm sure that they will. But it remains to be seen what the Red Sox do now that we are in the month of June. And as the weather heats up. The baseball season heats up. Their sense of urgency will heat up. And a lot of the things that I brought to the forefront in terms of concerns and in terms of everything that the Red Sox need to address, it's going to magnify even more. They're going to magnify even more. I'm going to turn the page from talking about the Red Sox to talking about the Patriots for just a little bit because OTAs are underway. And the big storyline from OTAs was, in fact, Mac Jones, quarterback of the New England Patriots. And I think that in itself is going to be really important to keep all eyes on Mac Jones because we all know about the struggles of last season and everything that went down and as well as the clown show that was Bill Belichick's coaching staff down in Foxborough. This spring, everything... From all of the reports, all of the you know beat reporters that are down there covering the team, it just appears that Mac Jones looks really good. That Mac Jones is really rejuvenated by the changes that the Patriots have made. And I'm actually curious to see how things like come together during training camp. When training camp gets underway next month, I can't believe I'm even saying that. Training camp starts in starts at the end of July. Oh, I'm ready. I'm so ready. I'm so excited. I am so excited. But with that being said, stay, keep in focus. So next month, the Patriots training camp starts. We'll get an even bigger idea as to how Mac Jones looks, what the, what the new receivers and weapons that he'll have, you know, most notably Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Gusevsky, um, coming into the Patriots offense, I'm curious to see how he will look under um, under Bill O'Brien's offense now that he is here as the offensive coordinator. There's a lot of really fascinating storylines that that'll you know unfold once training camp begins at the end of next month, at the end of July. But Mac Jones really being the big story. How he's looked poised, he's looked like he's in command of the offense, and that he is really taking the 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 bull by the horns, and that is a really good sign for a guy that has a lot to prove this season. That is a fact. 
He's got a lot to prove. And you are going to be seeing someone who is not afraid to take the leadership ring for this organization and this franchise and wish that the shoulders completely rest on his on, on his pads. It's an important year because, and I've talked about this on my radio show on 91.5 WMFO, in which that this is a year that the Patriots cannot afford to fall behind at all. Not with this division. Not the way that the teams are looking on in this division. So you need Mac Jones to step up and step up huge to really take that next step. This is going to be an important training camp in the OTAs, and it's been an important spring for him, and he's acted like it so far. And you got to be really thrilled. You got to be excited if you're a Patriots fan. I am. But as I said, we will find out more once training camp begins a little over a month from now, at towards the end of July. See how he looks in training camp, seven versus seven drills, and of course the preseason games that, that are coming in August as well. But all of that to say is there's a reason to be optimistic in regards to Mac Jones. What, what about the offense in itself? That remains to be seen, but specifically the growth of Mac Jones and the maturation of Mac Jones, I'm really curious to see how it all will play out once the season begins. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Believe in a Hub of Champions podcast with your host, Shukri Wrights. Hope you enjoyed the episode talking about the Red Sox and as well as, you know, getting to some Patriots talk as well. I will talk to you again next time. Take it easy. Go get yourself some sun if you're listening to this episode on a Thursday. And take care. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.